What's up, everybody? How's it going? It's your boy here. Oh man. Well, we got we got crazy life events going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. You know, I went on that rant earlier in the week about um, you know bad doctors giving worse advice, you know that kind of stuff, and then complaining about what the problem is really with the system that we utilize you know as as we know it at least and um you know wouldn't you know it after i had this conversation with 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 you all <laughs> so to speak my wife got uh sent back into the hospital got admitted again and you know why she got admitted she got admitted because the first doctor that i bitched about got it wrong and let her go prematurely let her go before she had any business leaving the hospital and uh in this case i mean in all honesty look it um it does not feel good to be right in in this moment this particular moment in time it does not feel good to be correct and i love winning <laughs> just as much as as the next person does but in this particular instant I wish that I had been wrong because I would rather you know nothing's gonna happen you know my wife is healthy and you know my unborn daughter is uh, healthy and fine and they're gonna make it but I would just I'd like to be home I'd like to you know be with my family and just you know everything like that and it just it sucks to not be with them it sucks to not have everybody together that's the thing it was the greatest gift in the world when my wife was able to get out of the hospital and we were all able to you know be together as a family at home for the one week that we had it before she got readmitted so you know it is what it is ultimately you know and, uh, and we're going to make it, and it's going to be okay, but, oh, gosh, that's just, it's so annoying. But, hey, you know, like I said, we're going to make it. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's living. Everybody's doing all right. So, you know, we're going to make it through. I'm not sweating it too much, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be all right. Um, I do know that tonight, man, very exciting night in sports. First of all, today's already been a huge day. Uh, Kansas beats Baylor at Baylor. You know, who saw that coming? I hoped that they would, uh, to be honest with you, because I don't really hold too many things against Kansas. As far as teams that I can't stand um, and teams that I want to lose, Kansas really is not on that list. Um, I really don't, don't mind them, honestly. Um... And I, I don't really care so much uh, if they win as long as they're not playing UK to get the win. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Bill Self. The one thing that I do hold against him is that this idea that, that they have said, I think that who's talked, maybe Jimmy Dykes might have talked. I don't know. Jimmy Dykes might have brought this up. I'm trying to think of who else. I don't, I don't know if anybody else may have said this. Jay Billis may have brought it up. But they were talking about how the fog is the best environment to play in. Um, 
So that does make me kind of jealous of them because Rupp Arena is... I think that Rupp Arena is widely regarded as the cathedral of college basketball. And uh, and there's tons of great venues. All right, Madison Square Garden is a great place to play basketball. The Orange Dome, where Syracuse plays, really cool spot to play. Um, you know, playing at Cameron, also obviously that's kind of a, that's kind of a big deal. Um, I'm trying to think of like other cool ass places to play. Um, you know. Getting, uh, being able to play in the United Center in Chicago, you know the Madhouse on Madison. Um, you know that's that's pretty cool. Like stuff like that is is it's cool. There's other historic sites, but I mean it's come on. I mean there's like what it's UCLA. There's UCLA. There's Rupp Arena, there's, you know, the Fog, where Kansas plays, and I mean, you think about the other blue, blue I mean, like, there's, um, you know, what is it, ah, oh, crap, what's the place, where do they, is it like the, the Dean Smith Court, or whatever arena that is, uh, North Carolina, you know, you think about, like, your true Blue Blood schools, they've all got pretty historic courts, but, number one, Kentucky's the largest venue. There's there is not there's not a place in the world that is a larger venue that is solely dedicated to play basketball. That's why Rupp Arena was built was to play basketball. 24,000 people. They've got the attendance records and you can't count you can't count the Carrier Dome. I, maybe I said the Orange Dome when I was talking about Syracuse, but you you can't count the Carrier Dome because that's a football stadium. They're playing bat. They set up a, a basketball court on it. That's cool, but that's built to play football. The Rupp Arena is built for basketball. That's it. It just happens to be so big that they do other cool shit in it. Like you know, you can do stuff like. Um, host motocross rallies and concerts and arena football and shit like that in it, you know? But it's the coolest thing for basketball. Like I said, the cathedral of college basketball. And that's also the negative thing about it, is that Rupp Arena is cavernous. It is like a cathedral. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, here's a comparison for you. The Sistine Chapel. When you go into the Sistine Chapel in, in Italy... You're not allowed to take pictures. You can't take videos. Uh, they don't. They they don't want people talking. You need to be as quiet as you possibly can. And enough people whispering, it turns into like loud conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like even when you whisper, it's still it's it's loud enough when there's you know 200 people whispering at one time. So <clears throat> there's like an echo. You know, because you're supposed to be quiet, you can hear an echo. And man, that's the that's Rupp Arena. It's there's times in Rupp Arena in the middle of a game when you could hear a pin drop, the squeaks from the basketball players' shoes, or the ball hitting the ground. That like echo throughout the entire place. And to their credit, the at you know North Carolina, at Duke, at Kansas. You cannot hear yourself think in those places, and it's not, 
it's not a problem with the design. It's not like the Rupp Arena is so big there's no way to make the noise because you can. It's because of the way that they have the seats allocated, the seating arrangements, rather. And so here's the problem. This is my biggest problem. So I'm a UK alumni. I was a UK fan before I went there. I'm, I'm born into it. UK was essentially always in my destiny, although I had other places I wanted to go. It was just, at the end of the day, when I was a junior in high school and it was time for me to pick where I was going, UK was just an obvious choice for me. I wanted to go to UK. And so I did. And so, like I said, I'm an alumni. I've been a fan for a long time. I've been to many, many games, many, many events in Rupp Arena. I know the history. I, you know, I've, I've seen the catwalk. I've seen the... I've, I've looked at the Hall of Fame. I've, I've been a part of, of the history, so to speak. And, um, man, the biggest problem that I've ever had with that is what they do with the seating at Rupp Arena. It is a bad design. So, traditionally, at the bigger schools where the events are huge and the fandom is, is really, it's, it's top-notch, the biggest difference is where they have their student seating. And at those places, they line the students up down the sidelines. So, like, when the guys are calling the game, you got the Cameron Crazies right behind you, jumping up and down, waving their hands at you, you know, throwing your ass out of the game, you know, shit like that. And um, the same thing at Kansas. You got you got guys, you got kids jumping up and down, yelling, screaming, making all kinds of noise. You know, adding fuel to the fire. You know, juicing their team up. Again, it's it's so loud. I mean, you can't even think in a place like that. And at Rupp Arena, what we've got is every old, blue-haired, fucking season ticket owner, rich motherfucker who's handed their tickets down for generations, sitting on their fucking hands trying to keep them warm because they're so old their dinosaur blood has to, has to maintain its own internal heat. And so they don't make any noise, there's no shouting, there's no yelling. If, if UK is up 20, they're sitting on their ass, and if UK is getting blown out and trying to stir up a rally to come back and, and, and take the game away, they are sitting on their ass, and I hate that more than anything. Obviously, you can, you can, you can feel my hate by the, by the venom in my words right now when I describe this, but seriously, man, that's a problem. They give one tiny section, one teeny tiny little section behind one of the baskets normally starting off it's it's behind the uh, it's behind the home team's basket you know for moral support um, and it's called the eruption zone and it literally I mean you might be able to throw maybe 250 you know 250 people in that spot you might be able to get that many in there and I mean it's just it's embarrassing, seriously, because you get these teams, no, and kids will tell you when they come and play, I've seen it time and time again, 
where guys come and they play UK and it's like they've never played in a place that big before. They've never seen that kind of a crowd. And it's just, seriously, it is a blue and white... It's just a blue and white fucking... I mean, it's like you're standing in a pit. And it's like the blue... Like, if you stand... If you've ever stood at center court, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. If you've ever stood at center court in Rupp Arena, when there's been 20-plus thousand people there, it's like standing up and looking up at the Jumbotron, looking up at the screen and the speaker, it feels like they're going to collapse in on you. There's so many people. I mean... Seriously, it's an intimidating place to play until you start playing you for, and you forget that there's people there and all of a sudden you realize, like, wait a minute, like, I can hear the bus starting up in the parking lot right now to stay warm. It's that quiet. Because nobody makes a fucking noise. Because the, the, the fans that are really passionate about it, that are there for... that are, that are there... Not because their ticket was free, but because they actually paid their hard-earned money to go and support their team because they bleed blue. They're either in a small $5 student section, the, like I said, the eruption zone, or they're, you know, all the rednecks that are in the upper deck that are sitting on concrete benches. And I mean that, concrete benches. Of course, they've renovated it now, so everybody gets, it's, it's uh, you know, the seating the, all the way around. Everybody's got a seat now. It's, it's a little bit different. But, th seriously, that's it. it all, everybody else on the lower deck, nobody's getting up. Nobody's shouting. Nobody's, and those are the people that are really getting it into the team. Nobody's doing anything. Like I said, you see, you got these old blue hair fucks in their sweater vests that are sitting there with their arms crossed watching their team win or lose or fight a hell of a battle when all they need is their, is their fans to get behind them and push. All they need is a shot of adrenaline to get them going. And like I said, those old dinosaurs cannot muster up the strength inside their body to yell because they're too worried about fucking unwrapping their Werther's Originals or fucking drinking their prune juice so they can stay regular that night. They're basically there to just show up and say, yeah, I got my tickets. Here I am. That's it. Like I said, they wear their fucking blue sweater vest with their gold UK pendant and that's it. They just they show up and they just, they just, they suck good air out of the wind that the players really should be breathing. They, like, seriously, the roles, it, in a perfect world, if I had a say in it, they should reverse the roles. And they should put all those fucking old-ass people up at the top. And they just need to build a series of fucking escalators and elevators to get their old asses up there so they'll just shut the hell up and get out of everybody's way so it could be a fun place to play in. And yeah, I'm bitter about it because I know it's about money. And because, like I said, being one of those kids that that wanted that, that kind of environment, it sucks, man, that you don't, you don't get to hear that there. You go to other places. So the thing is that UK fans travel the best. We, we just do. 
and it's it's something that is again that is common knowledge across of all of, of collegiate sports. Nobody travels better than UK fans do. It it doesn't matter where we go, you're gonna see blue in your crowd. Okay? If we're going to Madison Square Garden, there's going to be blue in the crowd. If we're going to play Kansas, if we're going to play West Virginia, if we're going to California to play UCLA, if we're going, especially if we're going to Louisville, if we're, it doesn't matter. Wherever we're traveling to, there's going to be blue in the crowd. It's, it's a universally accepted. You can ask anybody. You can ask everybody. Nobody travels better than a UK fan. And the sad thing is, is because they tra the way that we travel as UK fans, the way that they travel like that, everybody else's court is louder than Rupp Arena is because you get the really the good, the dedicated fans, the ones that want to make the noise, the ones that want to bring that spark to the team when they need it. Those are the guys that are traveling to go and watch the, the, these boys go out there and win. I mean, that's it. Those are the ones, and so it's embarrassing that you have these good-ass fans that have to go out there, and it's louder in the opposing arenas because of their fans and UK fans. It's louder in the opposing arena than it would ever get at home. And the only time, this is the bad thing, the only time that it ever, that it ever really wakes anybody up is when those guys go on a rally. UK goes on a rally, they make a big run, they make a big push... Everybody wants to stand up and clap and cheer and be a part of the game. But then there's a TV timeout or a coach's timeout or or uh, a foul. they got to shoot th free throws. Anything that slows the game down. And it takes the crowd right out of it. It takes the wind right out of their sails. I hate that, man. And like I said, I know it's all about money. And that's part of the reason I'm so fucking bitter about it. Because it's so stupid. Because the season ticket holders are deemed to be so important. They get their little badge on the back of their fucking seat so nobody sits in it. And again, they just so they could sit there with their arms and their legs crossed. And, and do the exact same thing at the game that they could do from their fucking couch or their lazy boy. So in a perfect world, if it was up to me, I would say that they need to take all those old-ass season ticket holders and they at least maybe don't bump them up to upper arena, which is what I think that they should do just to spite those bastards, but maybe don't bump them up to upper arena, but at least move them to the, to the upper level of the lower deck. Split the lower deck in two. All the way around the lower deck, you've got two halves. The upper half is where all the old season ticket holders go. The lower half is all student section. Or at least you get fans behind the basket. You or you do fans behind the basketball goal. Actually, like regular ass fans, you do the split. And so that like and at the lower at the that's actually, okay, that's perfect compromise. Here's what they need to do right here. I just had a thought. Hear me out. So you look at the arena, and it's a bowl, and it's got two major levels. Both of them are, are, are about the same size, upper arena and lower arena. What they need to do is they need to take lower arena and split it in two. And they need to make it so that the, the, two, the two ends... The two ends of the uh, of the arena 
like behind the baskets, are split. Lower arena are split. The bottom half is for regular ass fans. The upper half, all the way around, the upper half of lower arena is all for season ticket holders. And then across the the other the other two halves on your on your uh, not your baseline but on your sideline, the other two halves are all student section. And I think with that right there, you're going to get the best bang for your buck. All the old shitty season ticket holders are still going to get a good seat in lower arena. It's closer to the exit gate, so those old bastards can get up and get out of the way. They still get their good seats. But you're able to bring in the riffraff to make noise and to, again, bring that spark of energy that gives the players like a good shot of adrenaline when they need it, when they need to go on a rally, when they need to put a team away, when they need to, to, to get a comeback together. It, it does that. They have the ability to do that. I think that's the play. And that's something that I should propose. I'm going to draw that bitch out tonight and I'm going to submit that in. I really need to find out how much money is in these games though because that could be a huge deciding factor. But seriously though, that's what needs to be done. That's my biggest complaint being a UK fan. You know, there's only a few teams in it that are out there that I can't stand, that I hate. You know, I, I, I Louisville is not really even on the list. I don't mind Louisville at all, to be honest with you. But I can't stand Florida. I can't stand Tennessee. I can't stand Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, um, Indiana. Cannot stand Indiana. And Indiana is actually probably the biggest joke out of all the teams on the list. Because Indiana is on the, on the list. Indiana is so far at the bottom of the list, they barely don't even make it. I really... I really don't even think about Indiana when I mention the teams that I hate because they are so irrelevant, as are their fans. Because Indiana has been so bad for so long, even in the years that they're good, they're still not that good. Like when they had Cody Zeller at Indiana and Tom Crean, they were number one overall coming out of the gate. And, you know, every I mean, here's how bad Indiana is. UK's basketball team that they had Anthony Davis. They were number one. They went to Indiana. They got beat by a buzzer beater three. Indiana, it's it is a that game that day is a school holiday. They have T-shirts that are made because of it. They actually they legitimately they celebrate it. I mean they celebrated it this year. You can go back. You can look and you can see. It was sometime in January. They actually celebrated the date. That's how bad Indiana is. So like I said, when I talk about teams that I hate, I mention Indiana, but in all honesty, most of the time I just forget about them because they're so irrelevant. And, um, you know, I'm sure maybe one day they'll have a turning point or something. Who knows, maybe maybe the fact that, they are invi- that they've invited Bobby Knight back and welcomed him back and everything, maybe that will be some kind of a bullshit awakening, like the curse is broken or something. I don't know. But in the, in the the grand scheme of things, like I said, there's there's not that many. There's only a handful of teams that I really can't stand. Honestly, probably at the top of the list, it's probably like a three-way tie between Duke, Florida, and Tennessee. I can't stand like all those guys. 
um, but they've all got awesome places to play. Awesome places. Like Tennessee, you know, playing in the swamp. Like the football stadium is generally known as the swamp, but the 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 football the football court or the basketball court is is also I would consider that part of the swamp. You know where Tennessee plays the summit. You know because like one of the greatest coaches the one of the greatest co- coaches in the history of basketball, Pat Summit, coached there. I mean the court was which is like the same thing with Coach K. You know their their court is our it's Cameron Indoor Coach K Court at Cameron Indoor. It's already named after him, and he hasn't retired yet. Same thing for Pat Summit. They had already named that court the Summit before she had even retired. That's just legendary. It's just a cool place to play. And they're all loud as shit. And so that's that makes me jealous. That stirs it up. So, But alright. That's, I don't know, really exciting tonight. Uh, good, good basketball game, UK and Florida. Like I said, Kansas Kansas beat Baylor. Big deal. They'll probably be number one again. And then um, the fight tonight, Wilder Fury 2. And in all honesty, I don't know what what uh, I don't know what Deontay Wilder has got prepared for it. What kind of prep work he's done for this. But if it, I, I tell you what, if he did, if he's done his normal regimen, if he prepared the exact same way for this fight that he did for for uh, Fury Wilder one. Tyson Fury's got him hands down. Because again, you can talk to anybody who knows anything about boxing and watch that fight. Tyson Fury was winning that fight up uh, up until the knockdowns. The only rounds that Deontay Wilder won were the were the knockdown rounds. And even I mean, even though he knocked Tyson Fury down, and it looked like he knocked him out, and Tyson Fury fucking bounced right back up. He bounced right fucking back up and got in his face. And, I mean, it wasn't... And it looked like it didn't even phase him. It looked like he did just enough... He It was like he kind of, like, rocked him. And he was like, oh, shit, I need to wake up. Like, I need to get in the game right now. And it did enough just to put him on his butt. And that was it. That was that was really all that it stirred up. And he's gonna... It's gonna take more than that. It is going to take more than that for sure if he's going to think that he's actually going to beat him. Because this time around, I mean, Tyson Fury had three fights before Deontay Wilder. They were all three basically warm-up fights. He was fighting scrubs and he beat him very easily. Since he's been back, I mean, he's been crushing people. Deontay Wilder has got, I mean, cannons for hands. I mean, Bomb Squad is, is no joke. I mean... Deontay Wilder could he, he could uh, legitimately I'm surprised he hasn't knocked somebody's head off their shoulders when he hit Dominique Brazil with that knockout punch that you could hear in the fucking video and it sounded like people taking it sounded like you took two two by fours and clapped them together I mean Jesus how does a guy walk away from that that's like you get hit with that kind of a knockout you need to retire bro that's it you just I mean shit son that guy just got knocked back to third grade. I mean, a hit like that, uh, Jesus, I just cannot believe it. Well, okay, whatever, whatever, though. If he did the same kind of prep work, though, going into this uh, Fury Wilder 2, Tyson Fury's going to hand his ass to him because Tyson Fury is more prepared now. He's in better shape now than he was. He's had more practice now than he did then. I mean, 
he's going to be ready to go. He's done a lot of prep work into this, and he's been slinging a lot of shit Deontay Wilder's way, getting in his head. He's been trying to play that Conor McGregor game, and the the difference between the difference between Conor McGregor and Tyson Fury is that this isn't like McGregor. I don't. This isn't going to be like a McGregor and Nate Diaz thing where McGregor talked a bunch of shit and then ended up gassing out and getting beat because Tyson Fury could already go the distance. And he could already take the knockout punch, and and sir, he could already he could weather the storm already. It was just the fact that he wasn't quite there enough to be able to put it on him and put him down. And now, as many strides as he's made, he might be able to do it. I'm not saying he can, but he might be able to get it done. You know, we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be a very good fight. I'm, uh, I don't think there's going to be any knockouts. Of course, I could be wrong. Deontay Wilder could catch him slipping. I definitely don't think that Tyson Fury is going to knock him out unless he can find a way to gas him first. But Deontay Wilder could pop off with a right hand and shut, put the lights out. Um, but I'm seeing this as going down to a decision. And it's... Mm, I think it'll probably be. I think it'll probably be unanimous. I think they'll probably give it to Wilder, or they'll probably give it to Tyson Fury in a unanimous decision. Maybe a split decision, but I'm thinking unanimous. I don't think that. I don't think Tyson Fury goes down one time this fight. I think he stays with him. He weathers the storm. He plays his game, and he he controls the ring, and that's it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not gonna even get to watch it. I'm gonna have to catch catch it later. Or maybe somebody will stream it on YouTube for me on some low-key shit. But yeah. So. Alright guys, as always, I appreciate you for listening. Uh, any comments, questions, feedbacks, uh, feedbacks, uh, suggestions, you know, whatever whatever kind of feedback you can give me. Anything, like I said, as always, I'll take it all. You know, just throw, throw it my way. But uh, anyways, I appreciate you. I love you. You already know what it is. Peace.